Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our So That Sermon series. This series focuses on fulfilling the Great Commission, taking the gospel of Jesus to our friends, family, communities, cities, nation, and the world. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Good morning again. We are in the middle of this series called So That. And just to give you a reminder of what this series is all about, we turn to First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and this is what it says. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. So that... You may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So here's the big picture. Uh, the, The reality is this, is that when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, he adopts you into his family as his sons and his daughters. And you become a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood that he has called out of darkness into light. So that you, so that you so that you may proclaim the praises of his glory to him and to the world. We're we're in this series where we're talking about the fact that we were made for a mission, that God has a desire for us to share with others what we have found in him. In the book of Acts, just before Jesus ascends into heaven, he's speaking to the disciples and he says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, through these weeks, we've looked at the truth that Jesus model for missions is this, is that we have a Jerusalem, just like the disciples did. The Jerusalem is your home base, your home area. That's where you've been called to be his witnesses. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, he filled you with his Holy Spirit so you could be his witnesses in your home area. That's where you work. That's where you live. That's the town you live in, your neighborhood. It's where you go to school. It's the people that God's put you in connection with. That's that's your Jerusalem. And then last week we talked about your Judea and Samaria. Your Judea and Samaria, just think about this. In in ancient Israel, there were different areas. And Judea was like the county, you might say, that Jerusalem was in. And the county north of Judea was Samaria. And so Jesus was saying, listen, you know, the disciples were all Jewish. He was saying, I want you to go to your home base, to, to your fellow Jews who lived in Judea. But he said, now I want you to stretch and go across cultural barriers and cultural lines and go to Samaria. Because just a reminder, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along at all. They they would avoid each other. They wouldn't talk to each other. They would do whatever it takes not to have anything to do with each other. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, listen, I want you to be my witnesses, not only with the home team, but with the visiting team. I want you to go and share Christ at home and away. That's what we need to think about 
our Judea, our Samaria. We said last week as a church, our, part of our Judea is Hartford. We want to go into Hartford and share the love of Jesus Christ. We want to work with other churches to do that. That's why we had Urban Alliance here last week. And you can find out more about Urban Alliance on our website or on the, at the table in the cafe. And we would encourage you to find out more about it because we're going to be doing more with them. But, but our, our Judea and Samaria can also be our state, our nation. Uh, it can be a, a greater area. Today we're going to look at the truth that, that God has called us also to t be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Now the ends of the earth literally means everywhere in the world. Now as a church, we've said specifically our ends of the earth will be Costa Rica. And uh, we're going to do work there and we've been doing mission work there for some time. This morning, I want to invite Rob and Yvonne Woodka to come up and share with us because they felt called by God to be missionaries, to actually leave the comforts here of Connecticut, to, to leave their home and to uh, go to Costa Rica as full-time missionaries. They were full-time missionaries for two years. They've been back for a little over a year now. And so I just wanted to ask them some questions so they can share with you about uh, their experience and what God did in their lives. So uh, thank you for, uh, you know, being willing to do this. Thank you for answering uh, God's call. Um, you know, the, the first thing that, that I want to ask you quite honestly is how did you sense that God was calling you to be missionaries? Well, for me, it went way back to uh, when I went, graduated high school. I really had a heart for missions. I loved cultures of all kinds, and uh, I wanted to travel the world. Um, but I didn't find a specific place where God was calling me at the time, so I decided to pursue um, getting a college degree. While I was in college, I met my husband, who had absolutely no interest in living outside of Granby ever. <laughs> So I kind of let go of that dream, thinking maybe it was just what I wanted and not what God wanted. For me, it really started, my journey started when I started to serve. I mean, I grew up in a Christian house. I always went to church, but I always just consumed church. Uh, once I came to Valley Brook, I think I was here maybe a couple months. I think we were helping set up at the Easter egg hunt at the high school, and Kevin Lassich saw that I had a ball hitch on my trailer, or on my truck. So all of a sudden, I was on the setup team, all on the trailer every third Sunday. And I kind of say that jokingly, but that really got the ball rolling for me. And I discovered it one of my gifts of service. And that's what really makes me happy. So from there, we are asked to teach Sunday school. Um, we did that for several years. Um, Yvonne's been on the worship team. Uh, Ken Cool started the men's serve where we'd help widows and uh, elderly that needed stuff done around the house. Uh, I did that for years. Now we've actually resurrected that ministry. and We're doing that again, guys. Um, Another big thing I did was get involved in my town. Um, I coach all my kids' sports, soccer, baseball, basketball. And that's an awesome way to get to know the kids that your kids are dealing with. It's also a great way to know the parents, and it becomes like a little mission field. Our faith really started to grow when we started trusting God outside our comfort zone. Um, and we started doing that financially by giving our tithe and then beyond with the building fund. Um, and we also began doing foster care through the foster system, which eventually led to an adoption. Um, Rob attended a mission trip to Nashville with the kids, so he did get out of Granby. Um, and through all of this, through every step, our comfort zones expanded, but we also became like-minded as a couple with a passion for um, widows and for children. 
Yet another big thing was listening to the counsel and the experience of others. Um, we've been attending Camp Spofford as a family up in New Hampshire. It's a Christian family camp for years. Um, one of the home families up there, Dave and Lisa Nelson, um, kids are just slightly older than ours, but the same demographic, same space and age and gender. They took two years off from camp and went and served in Africa. So they shared during the week at camp that we were up there. Uh, first, they shared about their um, adoption of an African boy. That kind of got the seed planted for adoption and fostering in our lives. Mm -hmm. And then they also shared about their experiencing the struggles and the, the praises of serving overseas. And that got the, again, it was a seed that was planted and it took a couple years for it to grow. Um, but listening to others is a big thing. Um, when I approached Clark about, we thought God wanted us to go to Costa Rica, he said, well, let's see, um, let, let's vet it out. And uh, Converge Church that we're, the Converge organization that our church is a member of, they have a missionary assessment center down in Florida. It's a two and a half day intensive, pull your brain apart, put you in tough situations, role play to see if you got what it takes to do cross-cultural ministry. Um, so after going through that, they affirmed that we were. So that was a, that was a neat affirmation from God. Um, also, the way I hear from God is not the same way Yvonne does. Yvonne, I think, is more spiritual in that she'll just hear God saying something. I usually hear what she heard, and then I move with it. Um, and I believe in open doors. I, so I say, God, I think this is what you want us to do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep moving, and if you want us to stop or change directions, let us know. And he did that in several ways. Um, that was really affirming to our call. So you went through that open door called Costa Rica. So what did you see God do on the mission field while you were there? We quickly realized that if you put God first and do what he wants you to do, things are going to be good. If you try to do things on your own, while your intentions may be good, you really got to go back and recalibrate with God frequently. Um, we saw some really cool things down there. Costa Rica is a Catholic nation. It always has been. So they know about God. They know about Jesus. But that personal relationship with Jesus and serving... That was, I think, a new concept for a lot of them. Um, so some evangelical missionaries have been in there for a long time, but going and living and serving with them, especially coming in as rich gringos, why would we do that? So we saw some really cool life changes in their, in their minds when they saw us serving and just being the hands and feet. Um, we also host about 30 teams a year with our ministry down there. Valley Brooks sent a couple teams. And seeing people come down and just be pulled completely out of their comfort zone experiencing God, seeing these people that are completely joyful when they have nothing. Um, that's a really cool thing to see the change they brought back to the States. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we experienced personally God's provision for our family, um, number one, through our finances. Uh, from month to month, we never know where the money was going to come from sometimes, and God always provided just what we needed, never a moment too soon. And um, he also provided encouragement for, uh, especially me. I found it to be very lonely and I felt like we were uh, disconnected from the United States, from home. Um, so every, right when I needed it, I would get a phone call or an email or something of encouragement to lift me up and to remind me that, yeah, God does care about us. We're not forgotten. Yeah. And one other quick story is, we were on a tight budget down there. We had no official income other than what you guys and churches were giving. Um, and we lived pretty frugally. But every time that our buffer fund would get down to what I call the uh-oh stage, where it's like, all right, we got rent, we got food, um, a couple thousand dollars would show up in our account. And we didn't know where it would come from. It had a name on it, but we didn't recognize the name. And then at the end, when he started coming home, and we were writing letters to all of our supporters to thank them more in detail. 
we finally figured out that this was a woman that Yvonne did a Bible study with at Big Valley over in Avon eight or nine years ago. Wow. No connection since. But she would hear from God that you need to send money to the Witkas this month. And she would. And it was always the amount we needed. So when we connected that and shared with her at the end, once we came home, it was just a really cool thing to see that she was hearing from God. And it actually was because yeah. um, he, he connected us together. Yeah. So it wasn't just the two of you who went. You I mean, you took your four children. And what did you see God do in your family on the mission field? He did a lot of cool things that Yvonne's going to talk about some of them. But one thing I'll, I'll, I'll use this to almost caution you. If you're going to serve full-time or serve part-time, it's very important that you keep your priorities straight and you constantly seek God into how far he wants you to serve. Um, one of the things I realized was I was serving too much, almost at the expense of Yvonne and the kids. Um, so it was important that when some of you guys reached out to her, she was getting the encouragement and the nurturing that maybe I wasn't giving her. Um, I also met a lot of pastors that would come down with teams, and that's one of their biggest testimonies or warnings also was when you're serving, make sure you're taking care of what God wants you to first and then free up time to serve. So that was something I learned personally while we were down there. We saw a huge change in our perspective, um, especially with the kids. And an example of that is um, usually the kids would have a Christmas list, one or two page typed of what they wanted for Christmas. Um, our second Christmas down there, his parents were coming and uh, in November, and they asked for their Christmas lists. And I had asked, um, no response. Two or three times, there was no response. Finally, out of aggravation, I uh, got their attention and said, I need this list. They're coming next week. And they said, we don't need anything. And um, Jonathan was the one who said, why don't you have them make a donation to the children's ranch? Um, that would be good. And all of the kids agreed. Yeah, you know what? Wow. We don't need anything. That's what they can do. Wow. Now, just to be honest, to show that they're not perfect, they are starting to get back into the culture we have here and wanting some stuff. <clears throat> but it is still kind of cool that they still have that perspective and they still realize, you know what? I don't really need this. Yeah. Um, so there's hope. <laughs> um, I think the, the coolest thing that I experienced down there was the growth in my daughter, Elise, who's 16 now. She was 13 or 14 when he started down there. Um, she was pretty miserable the first six or eight months. I mean, she's pulled away from her friends. She's pulled away from school. It's a new language. And uh, she finally got to a point when we put him into a public school where it was all Spanish. That I think she just went to God and said, all right, God, I'm yours. I'm stuck here. Use me. And God flipped the switch. She understood Spanish fluently. She had a confidence. She would lead prayer walks. She would translate for the ministry. And it was, that was the coolest thing as a dad to see. Yeah, that's very cool. So... You know, there's a whole congregation out here that uh, are wondering, you know, what could God want for them? So if there's somebody out here thinking about a short-term mission or even full-time mission work, what would you tell them? I would say to start with an honest conversation with God and a self-assessment. A self-assessment. Um, Valley Brook offers classes that we took. Um, one would taught us how to discover our spiritual gifts and the other was discovering our life's mission, um, which was very helpful. So I would encourage to take those classes. If you feel like God wants you to do mission work, I would start by getting locally involved in activities that will help increase your skill level in the, what you will need on the mission field. Um, for us, it was really going beside, beyond our comfort zone. And, um, and that's where our faith grew and the best 
practice um, for trusting God, which was really a lot of being on the mission field, what it was all about. Yep. And last week, if you were here, um, our guest speaker talked a lot about looking at our lives and our schedules through God lens and a God-focused view. Um, I can't stress that enough. We got so much on our plates, and he encouraged us, don't dump more on your plate. Look at what your plate should look like, and maybe that's getting rid of some stuff. And always be willing to do that, because we, we definitely learned when we were down there that our plan, even though it started out as God's plan, does not stay in line with his unless we're constantly changing it. So we changed courses many times, and I think we ended up right back where we are supposed to be. A lot of things have fallen into place. Um, I went off topic there. <laughs> so if you feel like you need to take a more radical step and just serve, and I say just serving here at church, it's not just serving. Everything, the smallest thing is important to make everything work and to have believers come through the door and hear the words. So there's never a, a small enough or a um, non-important task. Um, Valley Brook. Okay. I, I think it's important to remember that God doesn't need us to accomplish his work on earth, but he wants our relationship. And he knows that um, our relationship with him grows when our faith in him grows. And our faith grows when we are pushed out of our comfort zone through serving and we have to rely on him. So um, there is never a good time or a convenient time to start serving. Um, so we have to just make that decision and then make the time. And if you guys feel like you want to take a big step and take a short-term mission trip, um, Valley Brook is going to be leading one down to Costa Rica in November of this year. The exact dates we're still working out. Um, also, David is bringing the high schoolers down in August. So if you want to be praying for them, uh, both for their fundraising, for the decisions the kids have to make if they want to go down, and also their effectiveness while they're down there. Um, last week, we also had Urban Alliance excuse me, present to us some opportunities that we have locally, especially down in Hartford. We had about 50 individuals and families attend the breakout session in the venue and also sign up to get more information about serving. So if that was any of you guys, I'd encourage you to follow through on that. I know it's easy to get the email and you put it to a side that you're going to get to it later. Um, I'm guilty of that myself oftentimes, but I would say let's be intentional about taking that opportunity to serve and just see what God's going to do. Because yeah. it might start small, but you could uncover some really cool things. That's cool. Well, we want to pray for you, and we want to pray for anybody else that may be uh, considering missions. So I'm going to pray for you now and for us collectively. But, but if you are interested in mission work, um, I would encourage you to talk to Yvonne and, and Rob and, and, you know, come up after the service for prayer, and we'll pray over you. So I'm just going to pray for them. If you guys would just hold a hand toward Rob and Yvonne, and we can pray over them together. Go ahead and stand up and hold a hand toward them. Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for Rob and Yvonne and their faith and their trust and, and the faith and trust of their children. Lord, we thank you for what you did in their lives as you called them and as they answered the call. And then, Lord, as they followed and they were faithful and obedient, how you uh, showed them things, how you ministered to them and through them, and how you grew the kingdom because of them. So, Lord, I ask that you would continue to bless them as they seek to be faithful followers of you. And, Lord, I pray for anybody else who's sensing a call to short-term or full-time missions. And, Lord, I, I pray that they would uh, respond to you, that they would be faithful and obedient and trust you and know that you have the best for them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Please have a seat. So we're talking about this whole idea of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. And, you know, we've looked at these theme verses, and, and it's important that we uh, look at what God wants us to do. Because here's what Scripture tells us. 
The scripture tells us that we've been made for a mission. I want to I start with a question, and I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Dave Early and Dave Wheeler wrote a book called Evangelism Is, and, and a lot of what I'm going to say today comes from that, but, but they asked this very poignant question. The question is this, are you a missionary or are you a mission field? Are you a missionary or are you a mission field? Now, a missionary is a Christian who is positively impacting others with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. A mission field is someone needing the ministry of a missionary. A mission field is a person or persons yet to be impacted by the life-giving message of Jesus. So you're either one or the other. There's no middle, middle ground. If you've been wonderfully impacted by the message of Jesus Christ, then quite frankly, you're obligated to live as a missionary, sharing the truth of Jesus with others. I want to just let you think about one person in Scripture that we see who went from being a mission field to being a missionary, the, the Apostle Paul. If you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you, you know that he was raised in a Jewish household. In fact, as he was raised and he learned uh, God's word and God's law, he became zealous for it. In fact, he describes himself this way in the book of Philippians. He says, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, he says about himself. And in regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. As for zeal, I persecuted the church. As for righteousness based on the law, I was faultless. You see, he was a man who was sold out for following God's law. But in the midst of that, what he missed was what God was revealing in Scripture, that the Messiah was going to come, and that Messiah was Jesus Christ. Now, if you read in the book of Acts chapter 9, you see that, that Paul had a life-changing encounter with the risen Jesus Christ, and he went from darkness to light. He became a follower of Jesus, and that same zeal and that same passion he had when he was trying to keep God's law as a Pharisee now was transformed into a zeal and a passion for telling people about the love of God in Jesus Christ and helping them come into a life-changing relationship with him totally transformed his life. Listen to these words. This comes from the book of Romans. And this is what he said. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save some. You hear his words? He's got so much passion, so much drive for people to come to Christ. He's willing to sacrifice his eternal destiny with God through his faith in Jesus Christ so that his brothers and sisters, his friends and family can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's passion. In the next chapter of Romans, Romans chapter 10, this is what he says was his goal. He said, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Those last five words, that they may be saved. That is the goal of a missionary. That 
people be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Now think this through. Think this through about missionaries that you know. Think this about, through about what Rob and Yvonne shared. They went to serve people. They went to serve the poor and the orphans in Costa Rica. And that was a means to help people so they could have the opportunity to share the message that you can be saved and have eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. If you go onto our website and look at the missions page, you'll see all the missionaries that we have all over the world. And many of them are using their skills and talents that they learned and were taught at colleges and universities here in the United States. Some of them are physicians. Some of them are business people. Some of them are translators. Some of them are, are helping start new churches. And they're using their skills. Some of them are teaching English as a second language. And they're using those skills in foreign lands so that they can get the opportunity to tell people why in the world they would leave their home and come and serve others and help them because they want them to know the truth that they themselves found, that Jesus Christ is their Lord and their Messiah. And that, that's the whole purpose uh, of missionaries. It's to tell other people that you can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. In the book of Romans chapter 10, Paul outlines the, the process of salvation. And this morning, I just want to take you through sort of verse by verse uh, quickly that process. And so uh, the scriptures that I'm going to read uh, now aren't going to be on the screen. So if you have a Bible app or a Bible, turn to the book of Romans chapter 10. If you don't have it, that's okay. I'm going to go back through it verse by verse. But let me read to you from chapter 10 of the book of Romans, verses 9 through 17. This is Paul, and he's writing. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Now that's Paul really just sharing the process of salvation. And I want to walk through that. And I'm actually going to start at the end of what I read and go backwards. So the process of salvation starts out with this. Someone is sent to share Christ. Someone is sent to share Christ. And so in those last couple of verses, it says, how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Uh, the word Paul uses for sent is the word uh, apostello, which we get the words apostle and missionary from. Being sent is the first step of the evangelism process. All of us, when we've come to faith in Jesus Christ, have a story to tell. We may not be able to quote chapter and verse from the Bible, but we have a story about what Jesus did in our lives. And we need to know that he wants to send us 
to other people to share that message. So, so that's the first step. The next step is this, that someone tells others the truth about Jesus. That someone who is sent tells them the truth about Jesus. And, and in verse 14, just the last part of that verse, it says, how can they hear without someone unless someone tells them? So the one who is sent tells them. In the middle of that verse, we learn that they hear about Jesus from the one who is sent. And it says this, how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? It, you know, scripture says, we just read it, faith comes through hearing. And then in the first part of verse 14, we learn that after they hear, they, uh, they, hear, they believe in Jesus. The scripture says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And what are they believing? Well, they're believing there is a God and there is a God who loves them so much that he would send his only son, Jesus Christ, in the world who would die on a cross to purchase the forgiveness of our sins that so anyone who would believe in Jesus would receive eternal life. That's what they believe. The next step is this. They call on the name of the Lord to save them. Go back to verse 11 through 13, and we'll just focus on 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So there's this, this action. If we believe in Jesus, we'll call on him. We'll enter into a relationship where we talk, where we pray, where we, we speak to him. We accept that he died on the cross for us. We tell him that. We accept his forgiveness for our sins, and we say, yes, Literally, yes, Lord, we believe in you. And that takes us into the next step. A person declares that Jesus is Lord. You know, the reality is when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you're not just saying, I believe that he died on the cross to save me, but you're saying, I believe that he also came to be my Lord. Another word for that could be to be our leader, the one that, that we follow. Probably the two most famous verses in this chapter are 9 and 10. And it says this, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by openly declaring with your faith that you're saved. Now, I grew up with a translation that says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, which, which I always found confusing because it's not confessing, it's professing or, or proclaiming. It's, it's speaking it out and saying, yes, Jesus is my Lord. That, that's the process of salvation that all of us are called to be a part of. Here's the big picture. Everyone who has believed in Jesus Christ and has become his follower is a missionary. We all have a story to tell about what Jesus means to us and how he's changed our lives. Uh, let me assure you that if you're, you're not telling Jesus with your words, telling others about Jesus with your words, you are telling people about how Jesus has changed your life by your silence or your lack of action. Because here's the truth. If you say you believe in Jesus Christ, you're telling a story about how important he is. And if he's important, you'll tell other people. But if he really hasn't changed your life and he's not important, you're going to be silent about him. 
Like I said, you don't have to be crazy, uh, a Bible scholar. You don't have to be a gifted speaker. You just need to be able to say that Jesus has changed my life and I believe in him and he's given me eternal life. So I want to give you four ways that you can respond to this message about are you a missionary or a mission field? Here's the first way you can respond. You can be a missionary right where you live. Uh, we offer to our community every year around the Easter season an Easter egg hunt. You know, we don't do that because we like Easter eggs. We don't, like, we don't do that because we think it'd be fun to, uh, to uh, put 16,000 eggs out in the grass. We do that because we know that can meet a need in our community that gives you and me the opportunity to have a conversation about why Jesus is important to us. But here's what is most important. It is incumbent upon all of us as followers of Jesus Christ to invite people to join us at the Easter egg hunt. Whether you have kids who can hunt, hunt the eggs or not, they're really not huntable. They're in eye, easy eye view. But it's incumbent for us to invite people to, do, to come and be a part of that. And that just gives us an open door to tell them about why we celebrate Easter and why Jesus is so important to us. And then you can invite them to join you at the Easter services the next day. I want to challenge you to, to be serious about this and ask God who you can invite. And I'll give you a couple of tools that, that you may have received if you get our weekly e-electronic uh, newsletter. Um, in our electronic newsletter this week, you, you were given some ways that you can uh, share that invitation with people, either through email or social media. Of course, one of the simplest ways is just a face-to-face a -face invitation for somebody to, to join you and even say, hey, I'll pick you up. You know, I'll pick you up. And let's go to the Easter egg hunt. So be a missionary in your own backyard. The next thing you can do is this. Pray about being a full-time missionary. If God's moving in your heart like he did Yvonne and Rob, then don't run away from it. Just go ahead and say, God, if this is what you want me to do, you've got to help me. And take that step. Look, if you're wrestling with that, I invite you at the end of the service to come up and the prayer team will pray with you. I would love to pray with you about that. That would just be our privilege. Maybe you need a, maybe a more gentle first step. Rob told you that we're doing an adult mission trip in November to Costa Rica to serve. I would encourage you to send us an email at missions at valleybrook.cc so we can get you on that list so that you can be a part of that. And then one other way that you, you can help. Uh, if you came in this morning through the main entrance to the church and you came through the front lobby where the Welcome Center is, you may have seen something new. It's our Valleybrook Missions Board. And uh, there's a picture of it on the screen behind me. And it, you'll see on it a map of the world and dots where all of our missionaries that we as a church support what you'll also see at the bottom of that mission board are cards like this. We have individual cards for all of the missions and outreaches that we support at Valley Brook. And this is what I would encourage you to do. Before you leave campus today, go by the board, pick up one of the missionaries that are there and make it a commitment for you and your household to begin to pray for that missionary. And there'll be ways for you to contact those missionaries and let them know that you're praying or so you can get their updates. I would encourage you to contact them. I hope you heard when Yvonne and Rob talked how important it was for you and I who are back 
home to let people know that we support them, that we're loving them, that we're praying for them, that we're giving to their mission work financially so that they'll know that they're not alone. They need that encouragement. I would ask this, at least for today, don't take one of each of the mission cards. We want there to be enough for everybody, but you'll see all of them out there. And even if you want to spend some time there just praying for all the missionaries, that would be great. And I just encourage you to to make this a part of your life to support those who leave the comforts of home to take the the mission, the, the gospel to the world for Jesus' sake. Now, there's one thing that I want to do as we close, and I just want to go back to that first question. And that first question begs an answer. Remember what it was? Are you a missionary or a mission field? And the difference is a missionary is somebody who has professed faith in Jesus Christ. And a mission field is somebody who hasn't yet said, yeah, Jesus, I believe in you. I suspect that there's somebody here today that's not said, Jesus, I believe in you and want to follow you. So I want to give you the opportunity to make that decision today. So I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And if you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior today, I invite you to pray this prayer silently. So here we go. God, we come here today to tell you that we believe in Jesus. So just very simply, pray and say, God, I believe in Jesus. And go ahead and say this, God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. And God, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And now, God, I want to follow Jesus the rest of my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please let me know because I want to encourage you for taking that step of faith and beginning a relationship with Jesus. And here's how how I want to close out the service for everybody. If you would, everybody stand up. As I said, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a missionary, whether you recognize it before today or not. And so you need to recognize that you've been called to be his witnesses. And here's the greatest news with that. You've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses, his missionaries. So just trust the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have have everything perfect. Just trust him to speak through you and tell people about what Jesus means. So I want to pray over all of us this morning that we would trust God, that we would recognize that we are missionaries and we have a mission to fulfill and that we can do it through the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. So if you would, bow your heads. Father, I thank you that you've called us here today and that we recognize that through faith in Jesus Christ that we are your sons and daughters and we've been made for a mission to share with others what you mean to us, what you have done in our lives with regards to eternal life and powerful living. So Lord, I pray for every man and woman, every boy and girl in this room, that you would give them the courage to know that the Holy Spirit lives in them and gives them the power to say what needs to be said when the opportunity arises. I pray that you would help each and every one of us sense when you want us to speak about that and that we would trust that you would give us the words. And Lord, that we would walk in faith and boldness. Lord, help us know that you've called us to this and that you will walk with us and empower us to do this. 
We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me close with a final blessing over you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and tomorrow and forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Go in peace. Prayer team members will be up here if you want somebody to pray with. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.